0: if you remember, a few weeks ago, we looked at the man named Caleb. Pastor, what was so exceptional about Caleb? He was one of only two men who were 20 years of older when they left their bondage in Egypt and 40 years later entered the Promised Land. We looked at why it was that Caleb was such an exception. Then we looked at Abraham. Preacher, what was so unusual about Abraham. Abraham was the only man in all the scriptures that was called a friend of God. Certainly that would be something that we would want to be called. And then a couple weeks ago, we began to look here in 2 Kings chapter 4, and we looked at a woman that the Bible calls a great woman. Look there in verse 8, if you would. 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 8, And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman preach what's so unusual about her although we're not given her name she's the only woman in all of scripture that's referred to as a great woman so we took last time to begin to look at her and we're going to continue on her tonight let's have a word of prayer father again we're thankful for each one that's here i know that some are still battling with sickness i pray to encourage them lord i pray that you'd bless each one that's come Help us as we continue to look at some of these in the Bible that, God, you took special notice of. Help us to learn what it is that made them exceptional. And, Lord, may we follow the pattern that they have set for us. Direct my words tonight. Help us. Challenge us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Just to kind of give you an update about this woman. The Bible says that she lived in the town of Shunem. Shunem was just a stopping place between Mount Carmel and Samaria. So if you had a map, and we never have a map when I need it, but uh, Mediterranean, uh, Mount Carmel is way over here. Samaria is about the middle of Canaan. So there was a road that traveled between the two. We know that Elijah and now the prophet Elisha lived in Carmel. So many times, this prophet now, Elisha, would travel from his home in Carmel to this place called Samaria. And in the process of that trip, he would pass through this place called Shunem. Well, this woman in Shunem that the Bible refers to as a great woman, she took notice of this. Through, She saw that he and his servant came through. She watched as they came through a second time, a third time. And she decided out of the kindness of her heart that she would open up her home, invite those two in for a meal. She had no reason to do it but because she was kind. And and so we began to ask or try to answer the question, why was she a great woman? What was it about her that God considered great very first reason I gave, and I know that some of you written it down, but because of her congenial home, she was just pleasant. She was just friendly to people that she had never met before. Well, as this man and his servant continued to come through, and as she continued to invite them to sit down at her table, she got another idea. She said to her husband, "You know, I think that this is a man of God." I think that it would be good for us to build a little room on the side of our wall that we could make him a place to sleep. And so the second reason was she not only had a congenial home, but she had a considerate head. She thought beyond the obvious. She looked for one more way to be a blessing. Maybe that's why she was called a great woman. As you know, as we continue to read this, this prophet Elisha he feels, I've got to do something in response to this lady and her husband for being so kind. And so we had his servant bring this woman into his room and he said, you've been so kind to us. What could we do in repayment for your kindness? He gave two suggestions. He said, could I speak to the king for you? Could I speak to the captain of the army for you? She here had a blank check that she could have filled out, and she said, you know what? She said, I am contented. And so I say the third thing. Maybe she was great because she had a contented heart. There wasn't a long list or even a short list of things that she still needed before she could be happy. And uh, as we saw, she just continued in helping others Having said that, that's four reasons why God may have called her a great woman. I'd like to add to those reasons because I think that there are now more. We know that uh, God did bless this woman with a child. And uh, as that child began to grow, look there, if you would, in 2 Kings 4 and verse 18. 2 Kings 4 and verse 18, and when the child was grown... It fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers, and he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he, that's his father, said to a lad, Carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. What a tragic chapter in this family's life. Here they had been so kind to the man of God and his servant, and God had rewarded that home with a child, and now this child has gotten mysteriously sick, and in short order has died and do uh, you know, as we put the factors together, this wasn't an infant anymore, and yet probably wasn't an older teen yet. You say, Pastor, why would you say that? Well, first of all, in verse eighteen. This child is obviously grown enough that he could go out to his father in the field. So he's not an infant. He's now able to walk. He's able to transport himself. Secondly, when he became very sick, look there if you would in verse 19. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, uh, sorry, in verse 19, the father says to a lad, carry him to his mother so he's not an adult yet certainly because a lad carried him to the mother and uh, when he reaches the mother in verse number 20 and when he had taken him and brought him to his mother he sat on her knees till noon i'm going to guess that this child is six or eight or ten years old and this mother has now watched as this child on her knees breathes his last breath Preacher, why else might God have called this woman a great woman? Well, look there again in verse 19. Verse number 19, And he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to a lad, Carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. Uh, Could I give you a fifth reason why she might have been called a great woman? And that was her compassionate hand. You know, when the boy went to his dad and said, My head, my head. The dad is like most dads. Go see your mother. (laughs) I'm sure you understand some of that. You know, for some reason, dads don't have the same compassion as a mother. I, I can remember vividly when my children were young, how many times we went on bicycle rides, I remember one particular time, and or Holly was about ten, and we were all racing. We were the last one to touch the garage was the loser, and the first one was the winner. And as we came around that corner, Holly was ahead, and Holly hit a patch of stones and just wiped out on those stones, scraped her knees, scraped her hands, probably scraped her head. I got off my bike, and the first thing I said to her was, "Well, what did you learn from that fall?" Now, before you're horribly critical about that, uh, may I say, most fathers are like that. You don't need two mothers in all. On that same end, you don't need two fathers in all. You don't need two barons, uh, bears. You don't need two lions. I think the raising of children takes both. I think it takes a father with some regimentation and a mother with some compassion. So when this father, who seemed to have no time of day for the son that said, my head, my head, that son was taken to a mother who set that child on her knees, no doubt she stroked his brow and she brushed his hair and she had a compassionate hand. Isn't every mother just like that? May I say to you ladies that uh, that's the time where Every other priority is set aside. It wasn't important at that moment to get the supper meal ready. It wasn't important at that moment to get the laundry finished. It wasn't important at that moment to get the house spotlessly clean. At that moment, here was a mother that tended to a child that needed some compassion. And so I say the fifth reason why this woman might have been called a great woman because of her compassionate hand. And haven't we watched that here in church? Uh, Sunday nights, oftentimes, there's sports. And when, ch- when a child starts to scream, most fathers, they just keep doing what they're doing. If they're talking, they just keep talking. If they're playing game, they just keep playing a game. But five mothers stop what they're doing because they're pretty sure they know whose child that is, but just in case they're wrong, That's the difference between a father and a mother. So I say maybe that she was called uh, a uh, great woman is because of her compassionate hand. I think that the closer that we get to the return of Christ, women are being fashioned to become more rough and tough and rude and crude. Ladies, we still need you to be compassionate. We still need you to be comforting. We still need you to be tender. We still need you to be thoughtful and go the extra mile. That's why the Bible tells us uh, when the Lord comes back, because the love of many shall wax cold. So again, I say to you, maybe she was called a great woman because of her compassionate hand. Could I give you a sixth reason? Look there in chapter 4 and verse 21. This child has now passed away at the end of verse 20. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. She's just lost her child. But she didn't come unglued. She didn't wring her hands in despair. She uh, She didn't think of ending her own life she had a calmness about her in the midst of this crisis that that family had over the child it's a statement that this woman still had a great faith in god do you know that your faith is not tested when everything is going well your faith is tested when few things go well And when it seems like the bottom has fallen fallen out of your life, when it seems like the stability of your home is coming apart, when it seems like those things that you were sure were sure in your life are no longer sure, that's when your faith is being put to a test. Everyone can sing, Everything's All Right in My Father's House, when everything's all right in my father's house. When everything is not all right in your father's house. That's where the true test of your faith is given. This woman's son just died. She picked up that child, and she knew the one place that she could get a hold of God was in that room that they built for the disney man of God. So she took that child to the man of God's little room and set that child on that bed. And she calmly stepped out of that room and shut that door. How could this woman face the loss of a child so peacefully because she had faith in God. Maybe that's why she was a great woman. If you're taking notes, I say the sixth reason that she might have been called a great woman was her calmness at the helm. Her calmness at the helm. If people, could I say that Some people can be read like a book. People can read by your countenance whether everything is going as you hoped or whether nothing is going as you hoped. It's all seen on your face. There's little, very little trust in God when the crisis comes. There's very little peace in the storm when the storm comes. The disciples in a storm were pulling the last strands of their hair out. Jesus was asleep because he trusted God. I say this is a great woman because of her calmness at the helm. She knew that that child was a gift from God. And she knew that the restoration of that child would also be only from God. The Bible says, Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace, not because everything is going right, but because his mind is stayed on thee. And so I challenge everyone here, lady, man, teenager, boy, girl, I challenge you that faith indeed is in God, then even in the crises of our life, that there will be a great peace. She didn't get mad at God. She didn't turn away from God. She didn't become an avowed infidel. She didn't deny God. She didn't curse God. She didn't even question God. Although I'm sure the devil whispered in her ear to blame God for what God let happen. She didn't. She had a peace and a calmness. We have no record of her considering the thought of taking her life at this tragedy. She appeared to be in complete control. Preacher, why do you think she was called a great woman? Well, we've seen two already tonight. She had a compassionate hand, and she had a calmness at the helm. Could I give you the next thing? Look there in Second Kings 4 and verse 21. 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 21. And she went and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. Again, uh, it, it, it's not that this woman was in denial. It, it, it's not that she was just trying to get rid of the body of this child and hope it would just go away. It's not that at all. She she knew, I have to do something And so she took that child to that bedroom and laid that child on the bed. And you say, well, why would she do that? Because she was convinced that the prophet could restore the life of that child. I say, well, preacher, why would you think that? Because she's not preparing for a funeral. She's not preparing meals because guests, no doubt, will come. Give a last viewing of her child. She's not preparing for a funeral. She is preparing for God to do a miracle in her life. She believes that God is still in control. Could I say to you that there's always things that happen in every one of our lives? And we don't know why it's happened. We didn't see it coming. We don't know if it'll ever get fixed. But this woman just had a calmness about her. And so if you're writing something else, she had a confidence in God. She had a confidence in God. You know, what we're reading about her faith uh, is her faith was put to a severe test. You say, preacher, why her faith? Well, keep your hand there in Second Kings. Look, if you would, in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter number 11, I, I think it would be fair to say that for many of us in these last few years, our faith has been put to a test. I know that's certainly true for a church corporately, but it's also true for we who are Christians individually. Some of us have been tested beyond what we've ever been tested before. It might be finances, might be it might be family, I don't know what it is. And uh, when these things come, that's too late to start establishing a faith. That's when your faith will be tested. And so I say to you that all this is happening to the woman so that we can see what kind of faith that she had. Uh, Look there, if you would, in Hebrews 11, verse number one, very common Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Then we know the rest of Hebrews 11 is talking about different Bible characters who were tested in their faith. Look there in verse 33. Hebrews 11 verse 33 talks about some in the Old Testament who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, Escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Look at this verse thirty-five. Women receive their dead raised to life again. That verse applies to just a handful of people in the scriptures. But it's not just talking about people that receive. Now it's talking about a woman. Women. Certainly, there is an application of that to what we're reading there in 2 Kings 4. She believed that God, by a miracle, gave her that son. And by the fact that she's not preparing for a funeral, but simply sets that child on the bed of the man of God, she is believing that God can raise that child from the dead. What faith that is. That is greater faith than Martha and Mary had about their brother Lazarus who died. When Jesus said to both those women, I am the resurrection and the life, both of those women said we know that he will be resurrected at the last day. They believed in a resurrection, but they didn't believe in the power of Jesus to resurrect their brother at that time of their life right then. This woman was so convinced that God could do a miracle for her dead son that she had that kind of faith. Your child might not be dead physically. It might be dead spiritually. No interest in God. No desire for God. Do you have that kind of faith? God, I believe that you can turn that life around. That's a great woman. That's a greater woman than Mary and Martha were in John chapter 11. Because she had that much faith. I say to you, the seventh reason why she might have been called a great woman is because her confidence was in him. And that him is God. It was a Bible-based faith. Uh, No doubt she'd heard about Elijah having raised a son from the dead. No doubt she had heard about that. And so she still believed that God still could. It was an acting faith. And so uh, she realized that the prophet Elisha was miles away. Now think about this. She's now laid her son's body on that bed, she stepped out and she shut the door. She could simply wait at home for should to pass by the next time. She could have done that. But she said, no, I'm going to go find that man of God. I say it's a Bible-based faith. It's an acting faith. Could I give you a eighth reason why She might have been called a great woman. Look back there in 2 Kings 4 and verse 23. 2 Kings 4 and verse 23. Bible, uh, make it verse uh, 22. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men, and one of the asses that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath, and she said, it shall be well. Do you know, her son has just died. She's determined that she believes the man of God can change that. She's laid that child in the bedroom of the prophet, shut the door. She sends word to her husband, send one of the servants and an animal, he needs to take me to Elisha. She doesn't even tell her husband that their son has died. And so the husband said, why do you need to get to the prophet? It's neither the Sabbath day nor the new moon. As far as he was concerned, that was the only two reasons for anyone to get to the prophet. And she says, all is well. Do you know that she had a heavy burden that she carried? But she didn't share that burden with everyone that she met. Why? Because everyone that she met couldn't help her burden. Some people have a reputation that when trouble comes their way, they tell everyone. I give all the details to everyone could i say that this woman recognized that there's many people i could tell but they can't help me i have to get to that man of god because he can help me and i know and, and we know that there are people here that carry heavy burdens You're not running to tell everybody about that burden. They have burdens too. They can't help you with them. Only God can. We don't have time to chase all this down, but she says all is well to her husband, and he sends a servant and sends an animal. And she gets on that animal and tells her servant, she said, now I want you to help me find the man of God don't slow down for any reason. And so they're take off. If the distance is, if 30 miles is accurate for that distance, it could have taken the better part of a day or even two days. Before she gets to Elisha, Elisha sees her coming. And Elisha sends his servant to this woman. And he says, you ask her if everything's fine. There's no reason for her to come here. When that servant gets to this woman, he asks her, is all well? Another opportunity for her to unload her burden on another person that couldn't help her with her troubles. You know what she says? All's well. He said, preacher, she must have been lying. I don't think so. I think she knew that everything that had just happened in her life, God allowed it to happen for a reason. She knew when God's way and God's will was being done, it's always well. Folks, tragedy sometimes knocks on the door of good saints of God. It's not a mistake. Always well, But she didn't tell the servant either. She kept riding on, and when she got to Elisha, she grabbed him by the feet. And Elisha realized something's happened here, and God hasn't revealed this to me. Would you write this eighth reason down why she might have been called a great woman? is because of her contained hurt. Her contained hurt. When she was burdened she simply took that burden to the one place where she could get help, and that was God. Could I ask you not to share your burden with every person that you meet? They can't help you. Say, well, they'd shed some tears for me. That won't help you. If that time was spent alone with God, that would help you. And so finally, Elisha realizes that there's a tragedy that's happened. We know he went to the bedroom, found this child, and God raised that child from the dead. Pastor, why was this woman called a great woman? Well, it may be because she had learned to contain her hurt after all, the Bible says, cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. Could I give you one last reason why I think that, that she might have been called a great woman? Look there in 2 Kings chapter 8. This is now several chapters later, 2 Kings chapter 8. Look there, if you would, in verse number 1. Second Kings chapter eight and verse one. The Bible says, "Then spake Elisha unto the woman, whose son he had restored to life, saying, "Arise, go thou and thy household, and sojourn wheresoever thou canst sojourn, for the Lord hath called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years." You know there's still the same woman. Now, a number of years have passed. And this prophet who has been so important in her life says to her that you need to gather your family, you need to take your son, and you need to leave from here because there will be a famine for seven years. She does it. There's no mention of her husband going with her. We can only guess that now her husband has passed away. What heartache this woman has consistently been going through. But when God gives her some instruction to leave because a famine will come, she leaves. And you know, just a short time later in chapter 8, she comes back seven years later. And God just blesses her life. Could I close with this? This woman has faced a heartache and watched God resolve it. She faced a new trouble, and God has carried her through it. She faced another disappointment, and God has been her strength. And this woman, in all of that, has not got bitter at God or angry at people. God has proved to be her help throughout her life. What a great woman. There are certainly some great women that for a few years they shine for Jesus Christ. But all of us know of women and men for that matter that had great years. But it didn't continue the rest of their life. This woman, the last thing I say is her consistent history. She stayed true and stayed faithful. Although she suffered the loss of a child... She suffered the loss of a husband. She endured tremendous financial hardship. It looked like she lost her home. God repaid her for all of that because she had a strong faith. I wonder, do you have a faith that can carry you through the heartbreaks that come in this life? We looked at great man Caleb We've looked at a great man, Abraham. We've now looked at a great woman. Nine reasons why she could have been called a great woman. May God help us to emulate those things in our life.